0: Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. All of our listeners all over the United States of America, welcome to this episode. And to every one of our listeners in other countries around the world, South America, North America, Asia, wherever you're listening from, I'm so honored to have you welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia. Northeastern North Carolina, we're coming to you on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, any other segment we've done in the past, you can find my podcast by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes. Or click that iTunes podcast player, that little purple podcast player icon on your smart device and search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find us there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. You know, we're living in some strange times and some uncharted waters, uh, difficult times. In 1775, Thomas Paine spoke about the cause of the new America being under the oppressive hand of Great Britain. Payne gave us that famous comment that is so often quoted in difficult times when he said, these are the times that try men's souls. And I don't want to go too deep into this, uh, that particular quote, because I take issue with uh, what he used as an illustration to support his point. But Payne was saying that the difficulty of the season, the period before, during, and after the Revolutionary War, that those difficult times, the difficulty of those times were enough to test any man, no matter how strong, how resilient, how self-reliant, how resourceful, or whatever else he or she may be. The difficulty of those times was enough to put to test what anyone was made of and reveal their true self. And I have to echo the words of Thomas Paine when I think about last year. Between COVID-19, social unrest, an economic downturn that cost millions of jobs, a topsy-turvy government, partisan politics that were enough to make you sick at the stomach, and a world that seems to be sitting on a powder keg just waiting for a good reason to start a war. We came through all of that, and it was truly enough to try Men sold it seems like we've been thrown around, kicked around, turned upside down. seems like these difficult times have thrown us under the bus and, and we had to lay there while the bus rolled back and forth over us. In a word, it's been difficult. Unfortunately, it's been tremendously more difficult for some than others. And the most difficult part of dealing with the last year has to be the loss of life. So many people have lost their loved ones. Many people that I know left this life for the next life. And many people that I know, they lost their loved ones to death. They left here for the next life. One family I know lost a father, a mother, a brother, and the family even had two brothers who were stricken with COVID-19 all in one month. Talk about trying souls. Yesterday, someone I know posted on Facebook, I wish I could put a bullet through my head. And I hope that, I hope for God's sake, he or she were just exaggerating. But these times are causing some serious pain when we look at loss. And the last year was particularly, it was particularly uh, tough on us. I was chatting with someone else who said that the road they had traveled or the road that they had to travel hadn't been easy. And the last year of their life was particularly tough with the losses of life due to COVID. You know, in my hometown, several people have died over the last month or so. And in a small town like my hometown is, everybody knows everybody. and, 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 And so many people's lives are intertwined and so many relationships are intertwined there that loss strikes so many people in different ways. And the loss of life has been particularly hard on some people, even in my hometown, where people were getting discouraged and, and, and just feeling down. You know, experiencing loss with stir up grief, and there's no doubt about it. And I'm going to talk about grief a little while tonight. Steering, uh, uh, experiencing loss will stir up grief. No doubt about it. And let me tell you something. When, when, when you hurt at the death of a loved one or friend, it's not a lack of faith. Jesus cried at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. The pain and the tears that you shed and the pain that you feel, those are indicators of your love, not your lack of spirituality. Experiencing grief means you are a card-carrying member of the human race. The time to be truly alarmed is when you don't experience grief at loss. When you're closely attached to someone, closely attached to something, and you don't experience grief when you lose them or lose that thing. That's the time to be alarmed. So I want to talk about grief for a little while. Grief is a strong, intense, just just a strong, intense, heavy feeling of pain and suffering we feel when we lose a person, and in some cases when we lose a thing. Your spouse, your children, your parents, your friends. You lose them and you're going to experience some grief. Your house, your job, you lose those things and you're going to experience some grief. Grief is really painful and you don't just come out of it overnight. Some people lose a spouse to death and it takes a few years to process it. It takes a few years to get that matter tended to emotionally. Notice I didn't say get over it. I just said, get that matter tended to. Some relationships are so intimate, so strong. The relationships are so strong, they're so tight, they're so close that you never get over the loss. You just process it. And that's why I say you tend to these matters emotionally. You may not ever get over some things. For some people, a couple of years may go by, but they feel like the loss was just yesterday. For some people, I can imagine that they feel like they've gotten over the loss and they've been doing pretty good for a couple of months or something like that. But then something happens. They go somewhere where they and their wife used to hang out. They smell a dish that their wife used to cook for him, or, 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 or they pass a park where the, the ride is where their child used to like to go on. Something happens, something triggers a memory. And they go right back into that grief. And they feel like the loss was just yesterday. That's how grief works. That's how grief works. You may get over it. It may take a long time. Don't get me wrong. You can get over it. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to speak to that. You can get over it. But I just want to advise you, warn you, that it's going to take more than overnight. And you're no less a faithful person. You're no less a believer in Jesus Christ. You're no less saved because you grieve the loss of a loved one. You know, we can grieve over any loss. We may experience grief from losing a job. That job was bringing you a sense of fulfillment. There was camaraderie on that job. That job was providing a living. You enjoyed that job, but your company, your organization downsized, and you lost your job. There's going to be some grieving. You can grieve over the loss of pets. You can grieve from losing comp- grief. Grieve, excuse me, from losing a competition. You can even grieve from losing relationships because you have to move to another part of the country. We experience that a lot in the military community. I remember a few years ago when I was pastoring in Okinawa, Japan, you know, I'd been pastoring over 20 years and people had been leaving our church every year. They grow close to us and they leave every year. Well, this one time We had a couple of really special families leaving and all of the years of people leaving seemingly came crushing down on me. And I just broke down and lost it, crying in pain, grieving over the loss. Yeah, we can grieve over lost relationships. Divorce brings grief. Divorce brings grief. You may divorce. You can't get along now. For some reason, you decide it's time to divorce. But there were some happy times and it's going to be grieving. Simply put, loss brings grief. When we lose, we grieve. And the closer we are to the person we lose or the thing that we lose, the stronger the grief will be. And when it's our turn to experience grief, Not if we experience grief. Grief will come our way. And when it's our turn to experience grief, we have to know that handling and dealing with grief is a process. It's a process. It's a journey and it can take a few months in the best cases or it can take a few years. And depending on the loss, again, depending on the loss and the impact on the person, depending on the type of person that experiences the loss, that person can experience grief to some degree for the rest of their life. They can experience grief to some degree for the rest of their life. And some circumstances make grief more difficult. Grief is deepened when the person that we love dies suddenly. We didn't get to say goodbye, car accident, heart attack, something like that. They just die suddenly and we didn't get to say goodbye. Grief can be deepened when we don't get to close matters and people die. And this happens a lot in families family member dies and leaves the person grieves the grieving is prolonged because they had unfinished business maybe they need to reconcile a relationship maybe there needed to be some forgiveness maybe they never said i love you but that loved one dies and things are left open the grieving is going to be prolonged so if you experience grief you need to dismiss anybody who tells you that you should be over it by now But if you understand grief better, you increase the likelihood of bouncing back and covering the journey to healing in a shorter amount of time. If you understand how grief works, don't pay any attention to people who tell you, you should be over it by now. They're not feeling what you're feeling. They didn't experience what you experienced. But I want to help you understand how grief works. So that when we do experience grief, we increase the likelihood that we're going to be suffering for a much shorter amount of time. First of all, grief will pull on several of your emotions. Grief will pull on you in several different directions. Grief will pull on several parts of your your being. Grief will tax you in multiple emotional areas. But it's normal. Grief may hit you psychologically through your thoughts, your attitudes, your feelings. Grief may hit you socially because it's going to affect your relationships, the way you interact with other people. It may change your attitude. It may change your your pattern of communication because you're experiencing that grief. You may be short with people. You may tune people out. It's going to affect your relationships. And grief may hit you physically because it can certainly affect your health. It affects your mental health. It affects your physical health. Everyone experiences grief differently. No two people are the same. Even identical twins would experience the same loss, but they experience grief differently. That's just the way it is, and that's the power of being individuals. However, the way we understand and work through grief, again, can either prolong it or shorten the suffering period, can prolong or reduce the suffering. Let's talk about this. Psychologists have long taught that there are five stages of grief, five stages of grief, denial, anger bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I want to look at these briefly. I want to look at these very briefly. And if you've ever been through grief, you can probably identify these. And if you're dealing with someone who's going through grief, I want you to listen carefully because you may be able to detect something going on in them and be of greater assistance, helping them to recover. So the five stages of grief, the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The first stage is denial, the denial stage. That means it's difficult to accept the notion that the loss has actually occurred. We may actually know there is a loss. We we, we intelligently know there is a loss, but we have not experienced the emotional aspect of the loss. For example, some people may receive the news that their loved one has died. What the, would what they do? They'll get busy preparing food. They'll get busy making arrangements for visitors who's coming in town. They'll be, get busy making preparations. They'll get busy doing some kind of work. And they delay the emotional response to the experience. They have yet to experience that emotional response. Response to their loss. That's the denial stage. I remember watching the movie uh, when we were soldiers and uh, American soldiers were going into Vietnam for the first time and uh, uh, the, the postman and, and they were bringing word back of deaths of soldiers and they went to the one lady's house and, and she knew when they knocked on her door what their message was. And she immediately became emotionally uh, 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 stirred up and she began to shake her head. "Mm -mm, No, no. She said, "Mm -mm, mm no, 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 no. That's denial. I don't want to accept it. And I'm going to act like it's not happening. So they'll say no, no, no. And go to get busy doing something. They have yet to experience that emotional response to the loss. The next stage is anger. You know, it's not uncommon for a person in grief to be angry. Angry at themselves, angry at another person. It's not uncommon for a person in grief to be angry at God. They blame God for taking their loved one. After all, God does control everything. After all, God did create everything. After all, God is all-powerful. He has all power in his hands. So God, you could have stopped whatever took my loved one out. You could have stopped whatever took the life of my loved one. So they're angry with God. But I thank God that he's loving and understanding and kind and compassionate enough to understand our humanity may get the best of us and he doesn't pass judgment on us in those angry stages. In that anger stage, the person lashes out at somebody, something. That's just another stage. And after anger, there's bargaining. There is bargaining. When a person knows there's going to be a loss, this is the most likely time that we'll see bargaining. When the person knows that their their family member has cancer or some terminal illness or something like that, uh, uh, they may begin to negotiate with God. Try to negotiate. God, if you save my loved one, I'll do such and such. God, if you heal my loved one, I'll do such and such. God, if you bring my loved one out of this coma, I'll do such and such. I'll do such and such. That's bargaining with God. That's the bargaining stage want to trade something to get the favor of their loved one living. That's the bargaining stage. The next stage is depression. And depression is a stage that deserves utmost care. Depression is that time during the grieving process where the suffering seems to be magnified, where the sadness is the strongest, where the impact where the emotional response, where the emotional toll taken takes on the person and drives them it, it, it drives them out of their wits. A person in the depression stage may blame themselves. They may question why continue living even. They want to know, why should I even keep living? They may begin to withdraw and sink deeper in depression until their depression turns to despair. And that's why depression needs the utmost care. The utmost care is necessary. Because a person can sink so low in depression that they won't be able to come up. A person can sink so low in depression that the only way that they may be brought up is through medication. So we must be careful in the depression stage. And the fifth and the final stage of grieving is acceptance. Acceptance. When a grieving person moves into acceptance, they begin to get their lives together. They accept the fact that I lost my loved one, but I must continue to live. They begin to get their lives together. They begin to re-engage in relationships. They begin to reorder their lives. They begin to put things back together. They begin to look to the future. When they accept the loss, they begin to look to the future. Hope rises in them they decide to live. And this acceptance stage, it's going to be critical if a person determined is determined to heal. It's going to be critical getting over this acceptance stage, getting through, accepting the loss. It's going to be crucial if a person expects to heal. And what I'm saying to you is that understanding these stages It it may help someone work through their grief. If you understand that what I'm experiencing is normal, what I'm going through is normal, and I'm going to say that again in just a moment, and there is light at the end of the tunnel, if we can just see that, if we can continue to tell ourselves that until we believe it, we can help ourselves through our grief. Understanding these stages of grief may also help you to help a friend or a loved one work through their own grief. And I said that to you a moment ago. It may not be your grief. It may be your friend's grief or a loved one's grief. If you understand the stages of grief, you may be able to detect where they are in their stages and help them regain hope help them move into acceptance so that they can reorder their lives and get things together and re-engage in their relationships and decide to live and decide to live. I know this year, this last year has been tough on a lot of people. It has been tough. It's only by the grace of God that I am doing as well as I am. It's only by the grace of God that we were blessed Blessed with a new grandbaby just a few days before Christmas. It's only by the grace of God. But let me tell you something. You can come out of your grief. If that's you, you can come out of your grief. You don't have to move to despair and you definitely don't have to lose hope. I want to give you a couple of steps. Dr. Tim Clinton, he offers these steps as a way to work through grief. First of all, be patient. Be patient. Patient with yourself. It's going to take some time to heal. Again, it's not going to happen overnight. And there are times, again, when you may think you've gotten over the loss and something will remind you of what you lost. And you seem to take four steps backward. You were taking a few steps ahead, but something happens and knocks you four steps backwards. Be patient. It's going to happen for you. It is going to happen for you. Emotional healing will take time, but it will happen. Next, maintain friendships and, and relationships maintain your friendships and relationships when you're grieving that's not the time to pull away from people you need a battle strategy here and when you're in a small unit in the military the one thing you do not want to do is be cut off from the main body you got to maintain communication and connection with the main body because when you cut off you become easy prey for the enemy if you separate yourself in your grief You're going to be cut off from the rest of the world, cut off from your relationships. You're going to be easy prey for despair and depression. When you're grieving, it's not the time to pull away. And when you're engaged in relationships, people, they're going to say things like, uh, uh, God needed a flower in heaven. They're going to say all these cliches and attempt to help you. They mean well. But most importantly, people can help you work through your process and get you headed towards healing the right people, the right people can add to your comfort and actually share your healing journey with you. So don't be afraid to join a grief support group. Don't be afraid to share your grief with your pastor. Don't be afraid to ask your brothers and sisters to pray with you. Don't be afraid. Engage your grief so that you can deal with it, process it, and move on into healing. Get on down the road to living. Third thing I want to tell you, don't be afraid to feel the pain. The pain of grief is normal. I told you. It's normal. What you're going through is normal. You can't run from it either. You cannot run from it. It is normal. Engage that pain. Feel that pain. It is normal. And doing things to avoid the pain will prolong the pain because it's not being dealt with. And that's the fourth thing I want to tell you. When you do things to avoid the pain, you're not dealing with the pain, so the pain is not being healed. It's just going to linger and fester and turn into something deeper and worse. There's a healthy way to deal with your pain. Don't hesitate to get yourself to a third party, such as a counselor. As always in family and marriage, clinic, marriage and family clinic, when you need help, get yourself a counselor. You stand a better chance of healing and growing when you work with somebody, when you engage in a trusting, supportive, nurturing relationship. You're going to help yourself process your pain and your grief and hasten the day to your healing. The fifth thing. Know that grief is a normal response to loss. I keep telling you this. Your pain is normal. You're not the first and you certainly will not be the last. And that's why it's good to know people, be in relationship with people. And, and, and when you're going through something like grief, hook up and link up with somebody who's been through grief, who's going through. You all can share experiences, build one another up, support each other because your response, your pain, your tears... Your anger, your denial, those are all normal responses to loss. So your pain is, is normal. And number six, you want to make up your mind to move towards healing. That stage of acceptance. Accept the grief. Deal with the grief. Get a counselor if you need to. Talk to your pastor if you need to. Get in prayer meetings. Get your prayer partner Form relationships, engage in relationships, get busy with the business of living your life. Work through your grief and know that healing will come. Healing will come. So that's what I want to leave with you tonight. That's what I want to leave with you. We've all been through tough times. Our souls are being tried. We've experienced loss. Some of us are experiencing grief. Five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Move through them. Know that what you're experiencing, it's normal. You're not the first. You won't be the last. Be patient with yourself. Engage in relationships. Get your help. Get your help. Don't pull away, but engage in relationships, all right? And I want to leave you with something that's very, very meaningful to me. For all of us who are people of faith, even if you're not a person of faith. I want to share something with you, a verse of Scripture, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter number 4, verses 15 and 16. And I'm going to read this to you from the Message Bible. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. And I want to end on that today. I want to end on that in this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. We who serve the Lord Jesus Christ, we who are saved by Jesus Christ. He's our high priest. And what we feel, what we go through, those are not foreign concepts to him. He's been through it all. So let's take these burdens. Let's take our grief to the Lord and leave them there. Hey, listen, I'm out of time. I'm out of time. Just wanted to share and encourage you to deal with grief. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. If you're going through something you need to talk about, it. got some questions about it, email me cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on uh, Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. Look me up on iTunes and find out. Uh, find our podcast, Bishop C.D. Hodges. Listen, we're going to be here next week, same time. Come find us. Until then, remember, you cannot have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We are out.